Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These Life Studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the Scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. The Bible is the divine revelation. As such, we need to realize that every chapter contains diamonds and gems. Where can the gems possibly be found in such chapters as Exodus 21, 22, and 23? Well, stay with us today as we cover the life study of Exodus, message number 70, which is entitled, The Implications, Indications, and Significances of the Ordinances of the Law. Today on the broadcast, Bob Danker has joined us. Bob, welcome back to the program. It's very good to be with you again, Matt. Bob, we have a really encouraging and uh, enlightening program, and the burden or focus of the message today is to see the gems or crystals contained in these three chapters of Exodus 21, 22, and 23. We're going to see today that these chapters concerning the addition of the ordinances to the basic Ten Commandments are full of implications, indications, and significances. The goal of this ministry is always to get beyond the superficial and into the depths. So, Bob, please say an introductory word about this kind of approach to the Scriptures. Well, Matt, as we read the Scriptures, we can recognize that the Bible has, you could say, different layers. On the surface of the Bible, uh, as we read through it, it's easy for us to recognize things such as the historical record, of uh, God's creation, you know, all the things that happened in the story of the Bible. And it's also easy for us to recognize certain moral and ethical principles which are found throughout the Bible. But these things are not the depths of the Bible. In order to enter into the depths, we need to contact the Holy Spirit, who is the one who inspired the Bible, so that we may be enlightened by the Holy Spirit, and be brought into the deep significances of what the Bible says. And I would just say here, I appreciate the ministry of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, mainly because this ministry brings us always into the depths of the Holy Word. I think today's program is a good example of that, Bob. Let's go to Witness Lee and get into it. My burden is mainly to help you to realize that the Bible is really the Holy Word, the divine revelation. You just cannot take or apprehend the Bible on its surface. You must get into the depth. No secular law could have uh, 
so much significance as the law and the ordinances of the law decreed by God. It is altogether not sufficient, not adequate to recite the holy word by black and white. You must get into. But it is not so easy to find out the precious things within. Now, I like to say why I use these three words implications, indications, and significance, because you do have such three categories of the depth in these three chapters. The decree of the law, with all its ordinances, indicates man's fall and indicates man's living in the fall. When you get clear about these few chapters, then the light comes from the Lord to show you there is the condition of man's fall. If man was never fallen, if man didn't live in this fallen condition, there was no need for God to give such ordinances. Human pollution was there, murder was there, stealing was there, coveting was there, adultery was there, even witchcraft was there, and idols was there. These three chapters are really black. Not only so, Satan is clearly implied. Satan is implied. And not only so, demons are implied. Without demons, how could you have the witchcraft? Witchcraft is just a demonic contact. Not only so, dear saints, the indwelling sin is implied here. What is the indwelling sin? The lustful devil is the indwelling sin in our members. Not only so, the our sins are more indicated, not only implied. What are these? Murder is an our sin. Lie, smite people, steal people. On the negative side, you have to pick up Satan, pick up demons, you have to pick up the indwelling sin, and you have to pick up the our sins. Then, on the passive side, hallelujah. In these three chapters, you have God. All the ordinances don't show us a severe God. They show us a kind God, gracious God, so caring for us. God is unveiled as the most gracious God. He takes care of the widows, he takes care of the orphans, and he takes care of the strangers, and even he takes care of the murderer by mistake. If you are a murderer killing a person by mistake, God prepares you a place to flee into. And if you have been Sold you, or you have sold yourself as a slave into slavery. God says, I 
would only allow the purchaser to use you for six years. After six years, according to my kind, gracious ordinance, you'll be free. Oh, this picture shows us a gracious, a kind, a loving, a people-caring God. Bob, I really appreciate this contrast of the black background of the condition of man with his fall and his living in the fall compared to the people-loving, kind, and gracious God. Yes, Matt, there is a tremendous contrast shown here in the ordinances of the law. When you read these ordinances, you see the negative condition of fallen man. You cannot help but see this condition because there are so many ordinances that mention all the negative things that man does as an expression of his fallen nature. Surely there is a fallen nature and a fallen condition, a sinful nature in man that he lives out spontaneously in doing so many negative things and all these ordinances clearly mention these things and behind these things we can recognize man's fall and the fact that man lives in his fallen condition. We see in the ordinances, we see murder, stealing, coveting, adultery, idolatry, sorcery or witchcraft, kidnapping, even kidnapping is mentioned in the ordinances. These are all the manifestations of the indwelling sin that is within man's nature. So we see this indwelling sin in the nature of man. This is not mentioned specifically, but it's certainly implied here behind all the outward manifestations of sins in our conduct is the indwelling sin in our nature. And even Satan is implied here because this sin within us is just the lustful nature of Satan himself. Satan is implied here. As witnessly mentioned in the matter of sorcery or witchcraft, this is related to demons. So demons are implied. But this is the dark black side uh, on the ordinances of the law. But on the wonderful bright side, we see a wonderful God. God is revealed through the ordinances of his law as a kind and gracious God who is full of love and care for people. God cares for widows, orphans, and strangers. He even cares for animals. He also cares for a person who kills someone by mistake. And he cares for a person who sells himself into slavery by providing for that person's release after six years. In the ordinances, we can even see that God charges us to help our enemies. What a gracious, kind, and loving God is revealed in the ordinances of the law. And also, in addition to God, we can see Christ with the cross of Christ as typified by the altar and the sacrifices. So all these positive provisions God has made so that fallen man can live in his presence, can enjoy his blessings, and can worship him and be his people to fulfill his purpose. Let's go to one of these examples that you mentioned, Bob, and that's the slave being freed in the seventh year of his slavery as a real picture of what we're talking about. Here's Witness Lee. Now... 
the freedom of his slave. And this sabbatical year signifies that the fallen man under bondage may be freed at God's rest. You have to know what is the Sabbath? That's God's rest. God labored, worked, created for six days. Then on the Sunday, God rested. What is the Sabbath? The Sunday is God's rest. Slaves, good news! Just six years. You just work there six years. You wait till the seventh year. Oh, when the seventh year comes, that is God's rest comes to you. You got liberated. And what is God's rest? You see, Christ. You see, even this is the good news. This is the gospel. Have you realized, all you brothers and sisters, that a fallen man is a slave? Paul says, I have been sold. In Romans 7, Paul says, I'm sold. I'm sold. Who sold me? I myself. Every sinner is a self-seller. You have sold yourself. You're sold. So what? So you are under slavery. Don't think others enslaved you. You yourself enslaved yourself. You've sold yourself. Hallelujah. All we slaves could be freed. Freed at what? At God's rest. Freed at Christ. Hallelujah. When Christ comes, hallelujah, the slavery is over. How about this? I feel very good. Excellent. Marvelous. My, I sure like to have more time to stay with you. You have to see my, my, the freedom on the sabbatical year. Is a good news. Is a good news. And Christ is here. Bob, the ordinances allowed for the mandatory release of every slave in the seventh year. The spiritual significance of this is wonderful that all of us who are slaves to sin have freedom coming. This really is the message of the gospel. This surely is the good news, isn't it? It is really the good news. Here you have a Hebrew slave, and the ordinance, in fact, the very first ordinance in the law says that this Hebrew slave should be freed after six years of service. This is good news to such a slave. Well, if we read the entire Bible, especially we come to the New Testament, in Romans 7, where Paul, he did his best to keep the law But he found out, he discovered that he was a slave. He was sold under sin. That means sin was his master, and he was a servant to sin. And in the Gospel of John, the Lord Jesus said, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. So sin is a master, and all fallen human beings are slaves serving this evil master. 
But the gospel says that when Christ comes, Christ is the reality of the Sabbath. He's the reality of the seventh day, the day of rest. And he's the reality of the seventh year, the year of rest. When Christ comes, then the slavery ends. What a wonderful gospel. When we believe in the Lord Jesus and we we enjoy him with God as our rest from all our labor, we are released. (laughs) We are freed. This is a, a marvelous and wonderful gospel. The Lord is the one who can set us free from the slavery of sin. So we all need to receive the good news of such a gospel. Amen. I really uh, appreciate this picture. We could spend the whole program on this one point. This is just one item, one ordinance, one implication that points us to Christ in the gospel. Now let's go on to another great one, and it's based on Exodus 21, 12, and 13. I'll read those verses. He who strikes a man so that he dies shall surely be put to death. But if he did not lie in wait for him, but God allowed him to fall by his hand, then I will appoint you a place where he may flee to. This is a great picture. The Lord Jesus actually referred to this point when he said on the cross, they don't know what they do. They had killed the Lord not knowing what they were doing. Let's go to Witness Lee where he'll talk about this. Just that one prayer on the cross laid the foundation for God to come in. I forgive you all the human race. Because Mason said, what you do, you don't know. Even your repentance to God signifies that you were a sinner by mistake. If you were not a sinner by mistake, why you repent? Repentance means I was wrong, sorry. God based upon this to say, okay, I forgive you. As long as you don't repent, you indicate you are not a mistaken sinner. You are a willful sinner. I am a sinner, typical sinner. If I repent, God says, good, you are a sinner by mistake. I forgive you. You flee into Christ. If I would not take the gospel, I would uh, never repent. God says, okay, you are a willful sinner. No way for you not to perish. You're to perish. Could you see this? Who killed him? I and you. (laughs) But we killed him by mistake. God delivered him sovereignly. Have you now seen how wonderful is the Bible? How meaningful is the Bible? I tell you, we can give a wonderful gospel message from this verse. Paul was one. Then Jesus came. Saul, Saul, why you persecuted me? Saul said, Lord, who are you? I didn't kill you. I didn't persecute you. I persecuted Stephen. I persecuted Peter and John. Who are you? This implies what? Mistake. So you read his writings. I did an ignorant. Oh, yeah. I tell you, this is gospel. Now we have 
in the ordinances. Hallelujah. A kind of a significance here. It signifies that Jesus was killed by our mistake because God delivered him into our hands. Wow, Bob, what a picture. Jesus was killed by our mistake, and this is covered in the ordinances in Exodus. Amazing. Amazing, Matt. Yes, in these ordinances in Exodus 21, we see the matter of murder. A man who commits murder willfully, he has to die. But if he killed another man by mistake, then God prepared a place where this mistaken person could flee into and be saved. Called a refuge city. It's called, in the book of Numbers, the city of refuge. Of course, this city of refuge is a picture of Christ. This is a wonderful gospel. Although we are sinners, we have a sinful nature, we commit many sins, in the eyes of God, God looks on us as those who sin by mistake, not willfully, but by mistake. And as you pointed out, Matt, in the Lord's Prayer just before he died, he said, Father, forgive them, because they do not know what they are doing. The Jews and the Romans put the Lord on the cross, and in a very real sense, we too put the Lord on the cross, because he died for us, the sinners. They were just our representatives. We killed the Lord, but in the eyes of God, we did it by mistake. So this prayer of the Lord Jesus on the cross opens the door for God to come in to forgive everyone who repents and believes into his Son, Jesus Christ. So when we repent and we believe into Christ, we acknowledge that we are sinners by mistake and that we desire to flee into Christ as God's refuge prepared for us so that we can be safe from judgment. So, Matt, in these ordinances, we can see Christ in a wonderful way. Christ is the one who was delivered by God into the hands of sinners, and these sinners killed him by mistake. So Christ was put to death on the cross by and for the whole human race. We are included among those who put Jesus on the cross. However, in God's eyes, we killed Jesus by mistake. And if we repent of our sins and believe into Jesus, God's Son, God will allow us to enter into Christ as the place of refuge, and he will forgive our sins. What a marvelous gospel this is. Amen, Bob. And uh, Witness Lee also applied this to the Apostle Paul and how Paul said he did this in ignorance. And that when the Lord came to him, he said, who are you, Lord? He didn't know that he had been persecuting. He didn't know that when Stephen died, Paul was there. That's but right. Paul didn't do it willfully. So again, just like the, the Lord said on the cross, this ordinance applied also to Paul. When he repented, he was immediately forgiven. Amen. Thank the Lord for such a wonderful provision by God for us, the sinners, who sin by mistake, that is, in God's eyes, we sin by mistake, but there's a way for us to be forgiven. Well, Bob, I started out the program by talking about diamonds and gems in every chapter of the Bible, and I think this was a diamond. 
And this was a gem. I fully agree, Matt. We really hope you've enjoyed the program, and we want to encourage you to get the printed life study message, which gets into these points in more detail. You can get that at our website at ministrybooks.org to be able to read those messages. Today was radio program number 70 of Exodus, which was life study printed message number 70. We hope you'll continue with us as we go on in the journey of the life study of Exodus. On behalf of Bob Danker, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online, free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker, Watchman Nee, as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry or the program you heard today, email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.